Podcast Network Asia. A lot of people actually think that they're they're working less when in fact they are working more. I'm Sarge Lacuesta, and this is Esquire Philippines Lonely Hearts, where we have long conversations in your behalf with the lonely hearts, minds, and misunderstood geniuses of this world. People have made sense of themselves and the things around them during these uncertain times and who appear on this podcast in the interest of helping all of us make sense of our own personal worlds too. Welcome everybody to Lonely Hearts. No? Uh, this podcast is supposed to be intelligent, productive, and extremely interesting, except the pandemic has ceased to be intelligent, ceased to be productive for a lot of us, and certainly ceased to be interesting. No, uh, I've worked with Mind Nation before. They've held, they've had me as a guest, and I'm I'm quite lucky to have them now. Uh, Kat Trevino is co-founder and chief marketing officer. Uh, you're also a sort of you're an advocate for well-being and mental health. No, I also have Luis Villaruel, who is a psychotherapist. No? Welcome to 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 the podcast, and this is about. Um, mental health, no, and I, um, I've been longing to talk about it um, before it's too late for a lot of people. Uh, this pandemic has really, it, 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 you know, the pandemic has sucked out our lives. No, uh, it's so funny because we have nothing else to live with but ourselves during the pandemic and our families and whoever is with us. No, it's turned into this massive experiment in uh, cabin fever. No, mm-hmm. as it were. And I think people were sort of relaxed at the start. They were happy for the holiday it was giving them. Uh, certainly the priv- more privileged people felt that way no? until it became an economic grind. No? And then uh, uh, the mental toll started. You know, uh, There was suddenly this huge mental toll on everybody. No? I mentioned that uh, on my Facebook wall, which, uh, on which feature my friends who are, you know, they're businessmen, uh, some of them are uh, corporate leaders. Yeah. I have probably have two or three politicians. <laughs> no, well, for politicians, they never show that they have uh, mental illness, but a lot of them probably do have it. <laughs> no? um, I also have a lot of writers and artists, and many of them are quite outs- outspoken about, you know, um, asking for prayers or asking for good vibes, or outright feeling uh, suicidal. No. And I have experienced once or twice reaching out to a couple of them and sort of chatting them up because I've been in that position. Recently, you know, uh, I've spoken to a lot of friends, friends who are, you know, not really used to opening up. No, uh, all of a sudden they're they're admitting to me that you know they've been through a dark period or they're going through something dark. No, yeah. um, maybe Luis, you'd like to share with us, like, what your views are on on, on this? Is is this a mental crisis that is too late to cure already. Mm-hmm. Uh, depends on what definition of too late we're going on. No? Uh, is it too late? You mean that it's already here? If that's the case, then I guess, yeah. Um, the pandemic itself has caused a lot of people grief and stress. Um, not just, well, in every part of their lives, Tarega. So it's not just, you're not just scared of getting COVID itself, but you're scared of, for example, uh, maybe getting laid off your work, no? You might yeah. not be able to feed your family anymore. You might not be able to support them as you did before. I have some friends who are, who have not been laid off, who don't know anybody who's, you know, who are not directly related to anybody who's had COVID, who has mm-hmm. died from it. And yet they still feel this sort of heaviness yeah. over them, yeah. no? That you can't they can't explain it. Yeah. They lead relatively happy lives, relatively comfortable lives. Well, no one's immune to anxiety. No. Mm-hmm. Everyone can be anxious of things, even though it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could still be affected by it because uh, you could have the thoughts itself. Eh? Now, anxiety is our thoughts about the future. And um, if you don't know necessarily how to control it or how to um, how to manage them, no, then they might take over, even though you're perfectly happy. So uh, even though everything is going hunky-dory for you, it could go 
south at any time. Eh. And that's a possibility and a worry that people have. No? So, Kat, at Mind Nation, you're probably aware of what's people, of, of the sheer number of people who go to Mind Nation to ask for help or to ask about help at the very least. Uh, are you aware of the numbers that, 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 that have your numbers over the pandemic? Have they changed? Has the complexion of the people who have gone to you changed? Right. We started Mind Nation actually just a few months before the pandemic in 2019. And I would like to call it bittersweet that um, we started off that way. It, it came at the most opportune time that we were offering teletherapy for others. But um, we've seen the growth in more people that are seeking help or um, seeking our services over the past couple, uh, over the year and the past couple of months as well. Absolutely. And you see leaders coming in and you see leaders coming in and looking for services like ours to offer to their employees. But at mm -hmm. the same time, um, we're we see that from those that are already avail or partner with us, leaders are also looking for ways to be able to reach out or serve their, their team members better. How do I address my immediate team, my team members' concerns? What do I do when they come to me with uh, a, a problem within their family? Because you can't separate it anymore. Yeah. Before, there used to be that barrier. When they go to the office, it's... Um, Everything's all work. I can drop all the, the personal stuff behind, but you've got working mothers also hard um, hit with, a, with the pandemic because of the, um, there's no more barrier between uh, the home responsibilities, their responsibilities for online schooling, and then the work. They all come in at the same time. So even if it wasn't a problem about finances, there is that degree, like what Louis said, of uh, uncertainty, not knowing how to do um, certain things that worry the employee that show also in the level of productivity, show in their willingness to show up for work, and it uh, shows in the physical uh, symptoms as well. Um, their tiredness, they feel overworked. They feel even when um, they're not really technically overworked, right? I noticed this. A lot of people actually think that they're they're working less when in fact they are working more. Um, you have to be a little bit more aware of the time. For example, um, when you go to the office, you used to have this whole tra uh, travel period, the traffic, and that's your buffer um, yeah. to get yourself ready sure. and geared yeah. for, for exactly. work. Yeah. But now wake up, there's no barrier anymore. You don't have to get dressed. You start working almost immediately. If, if I may ask, this, no, yes, sorry. yes, of course. Yeah. Who, who do you live with at home? I live with my family. No, I have a wife uh -huh. and a uh -huh. child. Uh, uh -huh. uh, he's 10 years old. Typically, but before they would also go out, like example, your wife would you go out for work and then your son would go to school. Whoa. And then suddenly, even though you've been used to working at home for so long, but because of the pandemic, everyone has to stay at home. I guess, no? And then that's like, called cabin you know, fever, right? They, it's popularly yeah. known as cabin fever when all of you are suddenly occupying this one cabin for a long time mm. and you get on each mm -hmm. other's nerves. No, mm -hmm. um, I've certainly gotten on their nerves. This is why I escaped to this podcast. No, <laughs> uh, this is the only chance I get to be alone in a room with other people. No, but seriously, seriously, um, yes, no, that, that that's another mental sort of consideration. You, you start to yeah. consider other people mentally, I guess that's mm -hmm. what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Kat, you're very unique also in, in, in that you have a window to the professional world, no? uh, whether it's call centers or other kinds of professionals. No? They must have it very different because they're used to going to the office. They had the second space. Now they don't. How do they cope with it or how do you ask them to cope with it? When it comes to, we actually have these training sessions or these group sessions that help them with changes and uncertainties like these. Mm -hmm. um, it, and it can vary. The changes can vary from different levels, from um, changing the setup to work from home or even changes in the family setup, like we're dealing with loss, immediate losses in, in, in the family as well and even, mm -hmm. even in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And what we, what we ask them to do is to really seek help from professionals like Luis and mm -hmm. being able to learn how they cope 
and mm-hmm. understand better what is within their control. Mm-hmm. And we also advise leaders and um, leaders and colleagues in how to be how to be able to better reach out, um, assess, and even manage the workload of those that aren't coping as well as the others. Luis, um, how has your clientele changed from before the pandemic mm-hmm. to during? the pandemic mm. this is still during the pandemic we're still yeah. in the middle of it yeah usually i would only get talaga people in metro manila no there are some people who would come to the to the clinic um you know farthest probably is like yung mga Because within Metro Manila, none from the provinces but suddenly i'm getting people now uh, who are from like visayas or mindanao No, because um, the reach is wider in terms of teletherapy. Well, thanks to teletherapy. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, it's it's um, because of the fact that we are now able to contact each other from so far away. That has a huge, huge impact like, on who I meet. And uh, so far, and I mean, not trying to say, not not trying to jump to any conclusion, but. Parang the, the ones that are from the far provinces, when they enter therapy, they're not entirely sure what therapy is, unlike more of what the ones in Metro Manila are. Na parang they have a general idea what counseling or psychotherapy is. No? So other than geographically, it's, it's more of yung, um, the, the demographic ko na ngayon. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, it was I, I would get adolescents to young adults. But I, then, yeah. you know, I have one burning question since you mentioned like you're coming from UST, you know, you're, you're yeah. dealing with, with, with patients that other doctors have referred to you. And I also asked this of you, Kat, no? is seeking therapy a middle-class thing? Number two, mm-hmm. is giving it a middle-class thing? Mm-hmm. You know, um, remember the days when it was so glamorous to go to therapy. It probably still is you know, for a lot of people. Glamorous in the sense that it's a, such a huge luxury because, you know, feeling these feelings, you know, uh, who can afford to feel these feelings when you've got mouths to feed and things to worry about, you know, your day-to-day to worry about. Um, what have you seen in your, in the people who go to you guys, Kat? Like, what is the, what is the demographic? When My Nation started, we actually wanted to really focus on making it affordable and accessible for all. Mm-hmm. Um, coming from my background when we started My Nation, yeah. I, I don't uh, come off from a very well-off family. And I also used to think that seeking, mental, uh, um, seeking help from mental health professionals, uh, seeking therapy was a very first-class thing. And it was very expensive on top of... Be, being able to look for the right one because it's not just being able to look for anyone there it has to be a relationship a good relationship between you and your psychologist or therapist mm-hmm. and when i realized that for example in the organization that i used to work with it was not under the health benefits that was um, part of my employee benefits i i had to scramble to look for okay this is something that I really have to invest in because it was already costing, it was already endangering me and people that I loved. And I see my privilege in that and being able to have um, the funds or the resources to have that. But in me, I also realize that there's that big need to have it as a benefit or as a, as, as, as a priority in organizations. It needs to be, something that is given as a benefit um, to employees. It's no longer a... And, and I felt that all the more true when I was experiencing um, when I was experiencing my mental health challenges. I didn't choose to have these feelings. I didn't choose to have these challenges. And, and yet it was consuming me. It was costing me um, my performance at work, my relationships with my family and the people that I loved. And for when I first went to, for example, my, my HR about it, they said that, you know, it's not part of the benefits because it's something that you choose to do, like cosmetic surgery. And for you to equate mental health support to seeking surgery, it's not the same thing. They think it's for vanity. Yeah. And I, I felt like I felt like I felt that like I was sick. Sure. And it was showing yeah. even physically. 
So all the more now, all the more when people seem to have no choice, there's the pandemic, there's there's so many stressors that we were talking about earlier that's contributing to the anxiety. It's 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 showing in the bottom line also for organizations. Um, we've done a study with uh, over 6,000 employees from the, from the start of the pandemic until today. Um, and it's noted that they reported, the employees reported losing up to two hours each day, work hours each day due to unproductivity because of mm-hmm. absenteeism, presenteeism, mm-hmm. and it's costing the company millions of pesos each year. So it's it's no longer just a nice to have. I'm glad that you talked about the pragmatic side of um, mental health because I'm going to ask Luis, who is a who is a practitioner? No, mm-hmm. uh, who is the one who delivers the therapy? No, there must be a pragmatic side to that as well. You certainly mm-hmm. can't just take on every possible patient, no, mm-hmm. and yet we want mental health to be accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me give. Yeah. Let me give you some stats, no? So my license number is 1403, 1403. Is this like, I saw your license number in your email, yeah? (laughs) Yeah, it's very, it's it's so that we can be searched. We are legitimate, we can be found on GRC. So my batch was the last batch. That was in 2019. That's when Mm -hmm. I passed my board exam. My batch was the last batch that took the psychologist board exam. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if I'm 1403, and my batch was probably... You mean that they paused the the psychology board exams during the pandemic? Because of the pandemic. That's that's quite ironic, but let's let's continue. (laughs) It's actually been been delayed twice. It was supposed to be held this year, the the next exam. But it got delayed. So some of my friends, they're really distraught about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so my batch was the last. And sure. then my batch was about 100, 150 to 200 at most. No? Mm-hmm. So let's just assume I'm the very first. No, mm-hmm. There is at maximum uh, 1,600 psychologists right now in the Philippines who are allowed to give therapy, you know, who are allowed to administer higher level tests. Is that a healthy so, uh, number? I mean, what is the ideal ratio of psychologists to persons? In, so that is know, definitely the... not an, an ideal number because there's a hundred million Filipinas, no? Yes. So if everyone were to get, if everyone were to go to a psychologist, basically one psychologist would have to deal with 66,000 people. Um, the longest I've ever had was something like 19. 19 mm-hmm. sessions, no? Mm-hmm. And that's actually um, par for the course for other countries, no? Like the US, 20 sessions is a normal number, no? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so imagine trying to give 66,000 people a session every week. So I have a caseload of a wow. maximum of 20 per week, mm-hmm. no? Uh, meaning I only see 20 patients in a week because... Uh, I feel it's injustice if I give any more, because after like um, I have if I have too many clients in a day, one of the clients or some of the clients will suffer because I won't be a hundred percent present there. And therapy really takes a lot out of us psychologists, therapists in general, because we have to listen, we have to give, we have to be present, no, as best as we can for the client, because um, but that's their hour. No, why would we take anything less? Coming from Luis's uh, statement that you know there are so f- there are too few therapists for for the number sheer number of Filipinos yeah. suffering no nowadays no is your approach toward organizations in which you know you sort of talk to an entire organization or you manage an entire organization is this a sort of force multiplier for therapy? Does this work? You find that this kind of collective approach works, right? Um, well, with the with what we do with my nation, it's actually not just the therapy teletherapy offering that we do. We want to make sure that it's holistic, and we have employees have a solid understanding of the importance of mental health even before they jump in to therapy. And 
And so we're we're also organizing and trying to do and trying to explore different methods to be able to to for them to be also self-sufficient. Like for example, a huge part of of the business is also offering company culture drive mm. talks in which we have um different experts uh like for example louise or or those relationship experts well-being coaches come in and talk about um very top line uh mental health concerns uh talks about sleep talks mm. about depression grief and loss so that they're able to get a deeper understanding it without even having to okay maybe they need to learn a little bit more through a talk or through a webinar and they can mm-hmm start sharing their their concerns or their problems from there. We also do group sessions, which also works. And it also actually is um, very effective and efficient for being able to create that trust and camaraderie within their office mates. They're able to open up more with their colleagues. And they have an, we have an expert there as well. I just want to add one more sort of personal sort of concern also. The Philippines has one of the largest, no, I, I, I presume, no, it's one of the largest gig economies in the world where you have a mm-hmm. lot of freelancers. No, there may be freelance writers, mm-hmm. freelance editors. Of course, mm-hmm. you have the entire film industry is composed of a lot mm-hmm. of freelancers. And for the, they probably don't have access to this kind of systematic benefits, you know, benefits of mental health or, or therapy. Yeah. or They don't know where to go. But Luis, uh, this is such, sort of, I feel that this is a huge, huge sort of gap here where mm-hmm. people working in the gig economy, they're working mm-hmm. twice as hard. Mm-hmm. Their uncertainty is certainly off the charts right now. Mm-hmm. They don't have a regular job. Yeah. In this, every industry is affected by the pandemic. Where do they turn? So uh, I actually also volunteer no? at a at my graduate school it's called the psychotrauma clinic uh wherein we take in individuals who have had traumatic experiences and we give our services no uh for free absolutely free and so uh that's one uh one thing that we um mental health professionals do give my volunteer services. So there are other organizations, but I can't really name any right now, but yeah, there are other organizations that do provide uh, these services for either no, uh, no cost or very low costs that I got now. And whether or not it's available for everyone. um, Yeah. I, I, it's, it's a little hard to say in this in the sense that when you mentioned me and you freelancers, as I mentioned earlier, I've started having more professionals as clients mm-hmm. So um I mean they're acknowledging it themselves eh, that they need this, that they 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 want that they want this kind of help. So how um that's why I really appreciate like examples of Mind Nation or other organizations that really spread um, number one, awareness and number two, young other places that are available. I'm concerned now about, you know, uh, men like me no? mm-hmm. who have families who are in the middle of the pandemic and whose natural uncertainty about things, natural mm-hmm. anxieties about things, the future, finances, your own uh, self-fulfillment, you know, all of these things have been suspended during the pandemic. No? Yeah. Do you, can you give us an idea of how, you know, the Filipino man has been affected mm-hmm. coming from your interactions? So as I was mentioning earlier, right. Uh, I actually had a client before you know, who was laid off. And this is pandemic. Was, Pande- uh, this was mid- pandemic time. Okay. Pandemic time. Mm-hmm. And um, I think one of the worst parts is that I mean they just invested in the house. Jesus. So like um, where we were at that time was that we needed to know how to pick ourselves up, because eh? that's that that was the biggest problem that that um, that he that he was having that like beyond financially not even financially yeah. we're talking about mentally, yeah right? yeah mm-hmm. because imagine like um the huge strain that you that is um that you need to pay off and then um the day-to-day life no mm. so but they have like example your skeleton duties na ngayon, yes. na you have to you can only have 50 percent so mm-hmm. basically are, you're working a two to three day work week 
Right. Mm-hmm. So less less um less income for people, less work for overall. It it's just uh, it's a shit show for everyone. It's a shit show. No? So tell me how 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 that patient got out of it because you know no? I'm sure a lot of people feel that, but yeah. they don't show it. No. So the number one thing it goes back to what you said that I get that it's like eating. No. It it's not as easy as just saying oh get a new job. Because mm. honestly, that, that is the solution. Man, eh? no? mm. Now, when you're laid off, then you get a new job. Mm. But that's not the only problem that this person was facing. Eh? It's the, the mental fortitude that it, it was a wound. Eh? Before mm. you can move forward, you need to address the wound. It's not just pride. Pride, savings, face. If, if you have a very supportive social support, talaga, it really, really helps. No? Because uh, at this point, your partner was very, very, was very, very supportive, was very, very helpful, and was really, parang, alam yun yung, walang, hindi, hindi dumadagdag sa pressure. Which, okay. I wouldn't even blame the partner if they did add pressure because that is a very... They're going through their own thing. Everybody's exactly. going through their own thing. Everyone has yeah. their own thing. Definitely, yeah. talaga. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, First, we had to talaga deal with how do we get back up? Eh? How do we get back on the horse and things? Not, not. Okay, I just want to be cl- clear on this now. How do we get back up? Because a lot of, well, you know, I'm going to, a lot of Filipino men thinks, think that getting back up means, you know, getting the same income as I did before. Right. You know, you know being financially capable again. You're talking right. about mentally, Diva. Yes. Yeah, so number one, first and foremost, because it's exactly as what Kat said, mm-hmm. yeah. um, it, you could feel really sick. You could feel really down. Physically I mean, we, sick. No? You feel physically right. sick. Yes. Yeah. Right. We, 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 uh, so you could have psychosomatic responses. That's when you feel you're physically sick due to overstress or anything psychological. Sure. Like if you go to a doctor, they won't, they'll be like, we can't find anything. So, so how do you get that guy back up? Or did right. you get him back up? Yeah, yeah. We were able to work things through. So first and foremost was that um, all the pressure that he had about himself before, he had to let go. So it's it's really allowing yourself first. Accepting muna. It's acceptance muna. Uh, I'm, in a, I'm in a rump right now. Mm-hmm. Because... A lot of people are in denial when they when they have mm-hmm. these kinds of stages. They're like, um, de, 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 babarik yan. Oh. It's just a phase. It's just a phase. Uh, uh. But once parang you, it was not my to, A game. Parang I didn't bring my. Right. You know, I'm having a bad right. day. Parang ganun. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just have to admit, no, because this is what I always tell clients and even other people. Yeah. You can't solve a problem if you don't identify what the problem is. Sure. If you don't, if you keep denying na. This is this is something that had happened to you. If you keep trying to save face, pa, no, at this point, he, um, right now pride isn't gonna do you much, eh? no. And uh, Kat, have you experienced this kind of thing? This Filipino pride coming in as a sort of obstacle to wellness, wellness of the mind. No, absolutely. It's very refreshing and actually very hopeful to hear um, Filipino men or, or, or patients like Lu- Luisa's reach out and actually seek help and admit to themselves. Because Luis is right. That a lot of it is about ego. A lot of it is about pride, not wanting to admit. And because in the Filipino context, Filipino culture, it's very uh, a family and religion oriented culture. It's either they think and, and believe that, you know, God will be able to, 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 to get me through this. I, well, I'm just going to send you Facebook it. likes. So one like is one prayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like one prayer. Right? And, and even with seeking help with a psychologist, why should I, um, why should I seek help with a psychologist? I can talk to my, to my wife, I can talk to my barcada, we can just drink it off and all of We can drink things. it off. That's exactly, or smoke it off or whatever, right? Yeah. Whatever vice is available, right? Mm. And we see this also in the survey I was mentioning earlier. The segments that were, uh, that because in the survey you ask about like how they're feeling and ask if they're um, feeling certain emotions during the pandemic and mm-hmm. how it's affect the pandemic is affecting them and their work, right? Mm-hmm. The segments that were most impacted were younger generations, single individuals with no kids. And but they were professionals, so these are professionals, right? Professionals and okay. members of the LGBTQ community. Very mm-hmm. rare do we get to see that um, 
the men in this survey actually admit that they have mental health concerns. Oh, so it's self-selective. Though, na parang, oh no, I'm not, that's not for me. That survey is not for me, man. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's because of also this, this training um, with the Filipino men or men in general that that you know i'm the problem solver i will not admit that i i am the problem and there's something wrong inside mm-hmm. me and i can solve this and i see this mm-hmm. also on a personal level um the same way with with my father i see him go, yeah, i sure. saw him go through the the pandemic and and um um everything that has going uh, has been going on for mm-hmm. me as a mental health advocate i would tell mm-hmm. him to um to try to seek help and try to reach out to a psychologist but he's like No, that's not for me. Um, we were grown. Our generation wasn't so emotional or as emotional as you guys. So we always believe that that parang or we have this tendency or this notion that the men are being toxic because um, of their beliefs, no? But these beliefs are also perpetuated, kasi by other people, no? So it includes yung mga family members. It could include yung uh, when we say family, it could be yung nuclear family mo, like your parents, uh, your siblings, no? It could even be yung your own partner, no? Uh, who might not necessarily know kasi what they're going through. And mm-hmm. here's the thing, no? I like how you guys were able to say that. And I love yung survey ni Kat because it actually really validates yung, yung theories that are going around in terms of help-seeking behavior. Oh, so, wow. Can we talk? Okay, well, what is help-seeking behavior? So help-seeking behavior is, is just looking for, like, how do you solve your problems? How do you deal with your problems? What okay. do you do? No? Mm-hmm. So number one, it's, it's um, women are far, more, um, are far more likely to seek help from mm-hmm. a professional than a man. No? Mm-hmm. Women are far more likely to talk to someone else. So mm-hmm. not even a professional, but to talk to someone else. And mm-hmm. a man is likely not to. No? Mm-hmm. So these, these go in because of um, generally, you know, if, if we're going to stereotype, I, I generally don't like to stereotype because I'm very idio, idiosyncratic with people. Yeah. That I, I like well, if you're going to stereotype, you might as well like, cite the data source. Exactly, right? exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly my point. No? <laughs> so um, we just have to look at the big five personalities. No? It's called ocean. So it's for openness to experience, um, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Well, you no. just ran through those five personalities. Like it was like, oh, okay, ocean. But like me, I'm gripping, I'm right. holding on to each one of them and just wanting to know what they're about. Exactly. So okay. I'll, I'll describe them. Eh? So number one is ocean, oh, um, openness to experience. So being open mm. to other things. No? Now, mm. there are no, in terms of the, uh, that's what we call a domain. Kasi, no? mm. So domain, imagine it as a big umbrella. Mm. And then under that umbrella, we have factors. Mm-hmm. No? So one factor of it is feelings. No? Mm-hmm. And women tend to score higher than men in terms mm-hmm. of feelings, which, which goes to show naman talaga that women are more in touch with their feelings and that they are more open to it, to exploring mm-hmm. those things, while the men are not so open to do it. No? Conscientiousness is, is your ability to do, to do something right, to be detailed, meticulous about something. It's not having mm-hmm. a conscience to know what's right or wrong, mm-hmm. but to be more meticulous about something extroversion it's uh being more outgoing no mm-hmm. uh but at the same time it also relates to warmth which again women score higher than men mm-hmm. no men yeah. score higher in terms of assertiveness and excitement seeking yeah. in in terms of extroversion Basically in the so crap things. <laughs> no, no 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 i'm just Assert- Assertiveness yeah, okay, is actually. I can say it because I'm a man. See, that's the thing. That's that's what I have <laughs> the right to call myself crap. But seriously, uh, but, just please but there, no, that that yeah. that that notion that we have to self-deprecate yeah. our own gender. Oh, that's my specialty. To, to yeah. Attack. Oh yeah. No, no worries. <laughs> Now, growing up, that was my specialty too. <laughs> no. Mm. So yeah, it's 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 we're kind of also taught because to believe that that men shouldn't be. So parang it, it's a chicken and egg thing. Eh. Which yeah. came first? Eh? Are men just naturally not close to their feelings? Mm-hmm. Or did society make men? We'll never know. We and don't. so we have to approach exactly. this problem. Head. We're in the middle of it. We're in the thick of it. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then next is, um, for the fourth one, it's agreeableness. No? So mm-hmm. it's, it's relating to altruism, empathy, kindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, women score higher here. 
uh, in terms of that uh, they're more agreeable to things they um, they're more willing actually to do OT than men parang ganun mm-hmm. And then um, compassion is one of the factors under agreeableness. And I bet we that's, score that's, low on that too. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing, you know, we don't score low. That, uh, so all of uh, we all don't I score at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Just, so, we're we're so, moving into the cocktail party part of the, of the, of the podcast. So my statement, uh, my statements were women score higher, but it doesn't necessarily mean men score low. Okay. Just because one is higher does not necessarily mean someone sure, is Sure, sure. But of course, as a competitive that, male, you know. Uh, no, no, no. That, that's the mindset <laughs> we just have to enter. No, <laughs> no I, I completely understand. I, I really appreciate it. I, and this right. is like this is such an eye-opener because like you're saying that the archetypes, these, these archetypes, they act, you actually see them at work. Yes. Right? Yes. And definitely. they're causing harm within this right. pandemic situation. Are they so more neurotic? Women score higher in neuroticism, but it's not the neurotic term that we utilize for example, um, having disorders. They experience anxiety and depression, yes, because uh, it's, it's a known fact that women are two times more likely to be diagnosed with depression than men. No? Yeah. yeah. But here's the thing. It's because of this neuroticism that that probably women do seek more help because they know they have a problem. Again, it goes back. Why would you go to a therapist if you don't think you have a problem? And that's what most men believe it. When they have these feelings, they don't know that they are, they have these feelings or that these feelings that they are experiencing are negative or that they need help. Now, that's, that's because what, the factors that prevent the, the factors they have, are specifically the factors that prevent them from seeing these things. Exactly. That's what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. it's like, uh, for example, uh, why, why would a guy go to a therapist when, number one, so openness, they are not open to their feelings. They are not very warm. They don't talk to other people about their problems. They uh, don't score as high in terms of neuroticism. And so therefore, they do not get, um, they do not parang understand that they might have a certain uh, perception of what they are feeling, sure. no, or, mm-hmm. or the negative emotions that they might have. Why would they go to a therapist? Here's a, and a lot of studies have been um, not even a lot, but there are studies that show that in terms of men's help-seeking behavior, men would rather power through than uh, go to someone else for help. No, uh, we don't know what the cause for that is. It's just the fact. Eh? No, and mm-hmm. um, it's also seen in terms of uh, school. So I have a friend psychologist that also works at another school, and then he he tells me he kind of sort of mildly dreads when he sees a male go inside the 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 office because ang sabi niya is pag babae pumasok, so mapapag-usapan namin example for to stage it no stage sure. one stage two yan yung mga pumapasok eh na mga babae. Mga lalaki, pag pumasok, stage four na yan eh. Another interesting thing is that in pandemic response, male leaders have tried to power through the pandemic you know, to, to disastrous results. Mm-hmm. Whereas female leaders you know, are completely, you know, uh, so cool about it. No? Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, Lenny, no? who, who, who mm-hmm. I want to lead. No. Uh, <laughs> No, I'm 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 quite serious about it also because mm-hmm. we have to see this is this this pandemic is where we begin to see where we begin to uh be, where we really became conscious of the family unit, mm-hmm. no? and the community as a family and the government as a fa- as part of the family a governing body of the family mm-hmm. and the nation as a family it's its own bubble. Now mm-hmm. we never saw it that way. No, all of a sudden, you know, uh, at one point in time, we became such a global nation. Such a global nation, we were everywhere. No, we couldn't stay still, and no matter where we were, we were the global Filipino. Now, all of a sudden, the Filipino is the, the person who resides in the Philippines, locked down in the longest damn lockdown in the world. Lockdown in the world, yeah. Whose kids cannot see other kids because they still can't go offline for school. They can't still do face to face. You've, mm-hmm. And this creates such a terrible situation for the Filipino family, which I want to really go into because I've seen so many families silently suffer, no? mm-hmm. silently suffer and mm-hmm. sort of change their internal behaviors. No? I have friends whose kids 
old kids no suddenly clinging to them at night no or demanding to be held no all of a sudden there's a lot of care behavior being demanded mm-hmm. between couples now I, i want to talk about this because how has the pandemic changed the shape of wanting to be with other people loneliness or being in a family well part of what i mentioned was that people that are most um impacted in the survey are actually single with no kids and a, a huge part of it is because of the isolation and the lack of social connection which in mm-hmm. my nation we really stress the importance of social well-being as part of your overall well-being mm-hmm. but it differs per person for, for example you have people that um are single that are automatically thinking okay you know what No, whatever. We're gonna get married already. You've got, you've seen a lot of people have suddenly have kids, get engaged. Yeah, this is a sort of doomsday mentality. Even the world's mm-hmm. gonna end. We might as well, right, make love. And then you have, of course, the the quarantine babies that are that are coming out as well. Uh-huh. And yeah, and so that's that's one part where they they kind of okay. Let's just start the family. Let's just do whatever we can. And, and the same, it's the same also with with work. People mm-hmm. at uh, at home or or by themselves, they start reflecting more, thinking, you know, is this job even worth it? If, mm-hmm. And if if this is aligning to what I really want to do in life, am I really going to spend the rest of my life just mm-hmm. um, slaving mm-hmm. myself away to, to this job that I don't yeah, love? So they suddenly so, become existential about things. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like for me personally, I also quit my my corporate career in the middle of the pandemic because of of that kind of thinking, and I live alone. I've I have had so much time to think about like okay what do you really want to do? Yeah, you know, I want to go into that cat before you go because it's very interesting because I've had people I've seen a lot of people quit their jobs despite the uncertainty of the pandemic. Yeah. What is this? Right. What is this? We, we actually saw it also in a survey. Twenty five percent of employees from the six thousand are thinking of quitting their job. Not in other words, they see reality up close. Are we saying mm-hmm. that they, they suddenly see? They're suddenly forced to confront these realities that were there in the first More place, like right? Priorities changed. What would make you do that, diba? But is it is it okay? This is a real question, diba. Is it advisable to do that, right? In terms of mental health and wellness and well-being. For me, I, I would say that it isn't. I wouldn't want anyone listening to this podcast and thinking like, "Oh, to, I'm going to quit tomorrow." Cats, cats, cats. Of course, there has so, to be that level of balance. So financial mm. well-being also play, also mm-hmm. plays a huge role in our overall mm-hmm. mental health. Um, mm-hmm. But once you're able to reprioritize and think that, um, okay, I'm not spending so much on on traveling anymore and all these other vices and things that I used to do, going out, I suddenly have, I guess, more. Um, more money or more more things to, uh, more funds to allocate and other more important things for the most part and maybe Louise can also chime in on this is they think that you know, the 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 emotional turmoil the the stress and the anxiety that they feel um, on top of the responsibilities at home and their workload even though it's essentially the same even though they they say it's the same um isn't worth it anymore. They think that mm-hmm. okay, you know what? I might as well just find something better, maybe lessen just um lessen my costs, just lessen in other ways, find new ways to I don't know, bake sourdough or, or do other things. Like just do do more stuff during the pandemic that's going to um allow me to live a more uh, mentally healthier or, or mm-hmm. emotionally balanced life versus having to slave myself away at work. And And that's part of the priorities they're they're starting to think about. But I am not my job, basically. They're saying right, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so to 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 keep on going on with what Sat with what Kat said now. First off, uh, your question a while ago should should people quit their jobs? I completely agree with Kat. A hundred percent don't. Please, uh, to whoever is listening to this <laughs> podcast right now, to uh, all twenty of you, <laughs> don't quit your job. To, of course, to, uh, I assume that you've quit your job already since you're listening. <laughs> please, please don't yet. In the sense that um, you need stability, you need stability in your life. At least something in your life needs to be stable. No, it's not necessarily just about the financial part of it, but it's. So I, I keep saying anxiety is something in the future. Anxiety is worry about the unknown part of your future. And 
if you have if you add another unknown to your life it's not necessarily going to make it better no uh we have to be smart about things naman na i'm always the type of person ever since before na go for your passion no go 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 parate whatever you are passionate about go for it but these are special times my wife and I were talking no and we we're saying like I, I was worried. I'm constantly worried about my weight for for health reasons. No, I'm mm, saying, mm. you know, eating is a isn't that like like a healthy response to things? Mm. Isn't that like so, self care? Mm-hmm. Can we talk mm. about self care now? Because I, I want to talk about self care in the pandemic. No, because first of yeah. all, self care was a word that never crossed men's mouths until the pandemic happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Number two, self care. Self care now comes in in so wildly different forms. You have people for whom self-care is venting on Facebook, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. For some people, it's like, you know, the more benign rituals like making mm-hmm. sourdough, right? Mm-hmm. Looking for the greatest starter on earth, right? Yeah. Uh, for some people, you know, for some people, it's drinking. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure for a lot of, for some people, it's drugs, no? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, everybody has their own Uh, self uh, self care ritual. What can we say about that? I mean, are there correct way correct ways and wrong ways? Overeating mm-hmm. is self care, right? My favorite word, talaga, is balance. The number one thing that we have to understand is balance. The mere fact that you have acknowledged that is overeating, it is eating mm-hmm. more than what you need, no, mm-hmm. and it is becoming gratuitous. It is no longer <laughs> self care. But self-indulgence, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and um, I have a very basic philosophy in life: it's don't harm others and don't harm yourself. Mm-hmm. Do whatever you want. Ganon. Mm-hmm. So that's the same thing with self-care. Eh? So long as you're not harming yourself or your others or other people. People think harm is physical, is is shouting, is is mm-hmm. is very aggressive. But mm-hmm. harming yourself could also be overeating too much mm. ice cream finishing a tub of ice cream every night or is, so is watching 50k dramas like one in one, like in, mm-hmm. a, in a row is that mm-hmm. overdoing it so I'm just you know I, I'm just off the top thing of my head cat and i another thing that cat and i talked about in in our program back then no, was when do you know is self-care too much It's I suppose it's very personal, personal, right? Like one man's exactly. overindulgence is another man's asceticism. Regular, right? exactly. Oh. You know, so oh. some people get full very easily, while others need to go back after so. So much. how oh. do you know? Because it's a it's a part of the pandemic. I just want to get in here because like mm-hmm. everybody's doing something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to get in here, get in here because you don't have any more frame of reference. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. when I'm out with my friends and we're drinking together, somebody says this is too much, guys. We gotta go home. We gotta get work, to work tomorrow. I'm saying, mm-hmm. oh, nga, I have to go to work tomorrow. No, mm-hmm. or I'm at a workplace mm-hmm. and I see everybody else performing with such great balance. You're compelled to imitate the best. You think imitate mm-hmm. good good models. Now there are no mm-hmm. longer any good models. Mm-hmm. You're, you're isolated and you have to mm-hmm. form your own standards. I love how you said before when you were discussing this. I love how you said before that having. Self doing self care is having unconditional self regard or self respect. Exactly. Can we talk about this? Like yeah, unconditional. Yeah. Se- I mean, I have self regard, and like it's pretty out there. But <laughs> unconditional—that's something. Unconditional else. positive self regard. Like godlike self regard. No, so Luis will be able to share them. <laughs> yeah. I heard this from him. <laughs> so yeah, unconditional positive regard. Uh, so. Cat's example way back when was that um, do I deserve this? No, do I deserve this bath that I'm going to take? Uh, do I deserve that one hour bubble bath that that at the end of the day? And I th- and I told her, why not? So long as your the activities that you need to do are not hampered, mm-hmm. who the hell cares whatever you're doing in your free time? Okay, and do I am I do I really deserve this one hour? Um, of bubble bath and do I really deserve this and there's so much more do I deserve another TikTok do? video like you know mm-hmm. oh, one more do I deserve <laughs> yeah do I deserve yeah. one more pint of ice cream <laughs> exactly and it's right and and you start think you start thinking that 
uh, it it gets kind of uh, kind of harmful when you when you think about like all the more important things to do, and um, mm-hmm. you see also on the news, and I'm I'm very guilty of this. I see on the news, okay, people that are, things that are happening um, around the world that that people are 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 are, are suffering. And then I'm here like, okay, I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I deserve a bubble bath. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. it gets to me um, when I start um, thinking about all of these things. And and that's part of the anxiety that we don't seem to notice as well, even yeah. if you're well off or whatever. Yeah. Especially in the pandemic. You absorb like, all the negative yeah, things. Yeah. So how do you contextualize that in, in, in a very healthy way? Please? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So again, uh, goes back to my philosophy you know do whatever you want <clears throat> so long as you're not harming other people or yourself mm-hmm. in this case harming yourself could be example being late to work because that would harm you in the end that might not sure. physically harm you but it might harm your career it might harm mm-hmm. what you're working on so so mm-hmm. long as you're not affecting the things that need to be affect, uh, that that you need to do so one thing i was also telling cat back then was that self-care needs discipline eh? no in the sense that You, you set boundaries kasi. I finish at 5 p.m. I finish at 5 p.m. I will uh, I will do all my work that I can in that 5 p.m. time. Uh, whatever I finish at that time, I will be... Uh, so long as, syempre, uh, iba-iba naman, like, example, deadlines. No? Like, mm. the product comes out tomorrow. Hindi mo naman sasabihin, well, oh, well, I did my best. Hindi <laughs> yeah, naman like, ganun, di ba? I, I want to say that's, that's, that's super interesting because... A lot of people have lost their sense of self. Mm-hmm. Uh, ironically, no, mm-hmm. they're too much with themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't know who they are anymore. No, yeah. parang what? This is me. And like yes. waking up at 10 in the morning, or worse, three in the morning, mm-hmm. And and I, I I'm so used to accomplishing seven meetings a day. I can only do two because my brain won't work anymore. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. This kind of thing happens mm-hmm. all across. I see it all over my Facebook wall, right? People are up at three and four and four in the morning, mm-hmm. right? and nobody knows what uh, what indulgence is anymore. Right? Mm-hmm. In this kind of an, is there a sort of quick self solution or a self check that a person mm-hmm. can do? No, no, parang am I? Do I need help? Right. Do I need so, to? Yeah. Definitely, talaga. Um, you'd be sh- uh, here's a secret, na lang, no? I guess as a therapist, no. At the risk of me losing, how much am I? Um, how much do I really we, we owe you after you say this? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> At the risk of me possibly losing future clients. Sure. But, ka because uh, about again, I'm gonna pull this number out of my ass now. But 70% probably of my clients just need awareness. Why? When you uh, when you are faced with a problem, you naturally want to solve it. Eh? And majority of the time, we're like, we uh, what we do is introspection in the session. We try to find out what is the problem. So someone tells me I have problems at work, but then I go like, but is it really work? And then and then we we go deeper and deeper, and then it's like. No, I just want to validate pala my 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 father's love for me and the etc etc. Et and then suddenly that sounds like a, a K drama plot, but do go on. Mm, uh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> We're all living our K drama plots. No, no, it's fantastic. Don't... That's a great insight because it is based on real human real? insight. It is anchored exactly. human insight. So do continue. Shows <clears throat> shows are great because they're relatable. Absolutely. So if we can, yeah. sorry, yeah, it's it's all about awareness, talaga. Um, being aware of what your problem, what the root problem really is, that is one of the biggest challenges that we that we face as therapists. We have to get the person to understand what their problem is without telling them. Eh. No, mm-hmm. we don't tell you. Ah, problem was in tatay mo. No, mm-hmm. because if you, it's like Inception. If you tell someone an idea. It's not their idea. They have to come to that idea themselves for it to have any value or meaning to them. So a lot of the time, the clients say, "I've I've been trying to un- I, I I really try, naman. I really I really want to understand myself. No, that's why I'm here. And I just ask them, so what exactly have you been doing to try to understand your problem? And then they have that exact same reaction, Serge. They're like, huh. <laughs> oh, they, man, they, no? they 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 parang shrink back into themselves and parang yeah. sort of they, put like, their mental shell over their uh, yeah yeah 
Oh, uh, how like, do you know? Oh, you're a therapist. Oh, That's how you know. <laughs> <laughs> there, you have to ask. You really have to ask yourself. And when I say it, it's not just like yung a rhetorical ask yourself, but really ask yourself. Bakit ba? Ano ba yun? San ba ako problema? What is causing this problem? And I assure you, I super assure you, majority of my clients start to solve their problems once they realize that they need to actually sit down and work on it. Kat, I just want to ask you, you no, know, since you're in in a, since your format is different, you no, know, in a sense that your approach is organizational. You know, uh, you mentioned an organizational approach. Has the pandemic exposed this kind of opportunity as well? You know, where you weren't able to achieve such a great surface area, no, with people, and now you do. Right. You know, I I notice, and also, you know, this is something that Louise had mentioned as well. That um, for. And when we're trying to talk about mental health within organizations, a lot of people don't see it, um, are not open to talking about their mental health or their emotions or anything um, personal in a workplace setting. Sure. And the import we we really talk about the importance of of, of mental health in many different ways in in webinars through <laughs> um, weekly emails just talking about okay every Monday we send out um, emails and reminders so on mm. how to take better care of their mental health these little little um, habit habit building um, tips and tricks and we always tell them and we always advise um I, I personally also do the talks with my nation um and talk about the importance of of mental health especially in the workplace mm-hmm. and we always tell them that when it comes to to mental health and seeking help or seeking seeking therapy the the stigma a lot of the stigma comes from um not being able to admit not being aware not yeah. being able to admit also to to themselves that Okay, there's something wrong, and that feel. Or you know, not knowing that they're already over the edge. I know a lot of people don't. Exactly. No. Exactly, and um, uh, the fear also that if I go to therapy, um, even if it's already free, the fear of admitting that there's something wrong with me, and and fear of uh, the uncertainty of not knowing. Okay, until when am I gonna feel this way? Until if I if I say that I'm dealing with anxiety or worse if I get diagnosed with with depression or um, anxiety disorders I'm not knowing until when it'll it'll last is mm-hmm. barring me from from seeking help because mm-hmm. I don't want to be labeled that as 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 that as well but we always tell them and we always remind them that the end goal is really for you to be resilient and to be self-sufficient we think resilience and when we say filipino resilience um yeah there's a sort the of popular, a bad tag attached to it you know uh, yeah. exactly when we say filipino resilience it's like okay even though there's a typhoon you can still drink crack jokes and all of these things and you can still go back to normal that's the thing that's the problem i let's hope we never go back to normal let's always hope that whatever challenges we face we always become better versions of ourselves and we always um, learn from learn how to better cope with our challenges and hopefully one day um, be self-sufficient enough to not even need the therapy, not even need a helping hand anymore. And we're seeing that uh, once people are made aware and have a different relationship or a different perspective towards mental health and towards seeking help, they're more open they they speak more openly to their colleagues about it. It becomes mm-hmm. a normal thing. The awareness is and the conversation surrounding mental health becomes as normal as asking about the weather. How are you doing today? And asking about that um, in in a more n- normal way. I, I, I lack of a better term. It's about being better than you were back then, Panga. Actually, that's what I, that, that's also what I wanted to say. In a parang. And this cropped up unexpectedly during our talk. I was expecting a far more dismal and sort of, you know, sobering uh, afternoon. Because this is why it's held up during the cocktail hour. You know, you want to be a little bit, uh, you want a soft landing. <laughs> you, you want a little bit soft landing. Mm. But unexpectedly, when especially when you, Kat, and Luis talked about the sort of normal, what is normal and this sort of better normal, 
um, suddenly, all of a sudden, this sort of mental crisis of the pandemic can indeed turn into an opportunity where you come out, you know, uh, better than you entered it, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, only because you're forced to sit with yourself and mm -hmm. to contend with yourself. Now, of course, it's, you know, it's, it's 40 days in the desert, you know, and some people won't come back from that, but mm -hmm. hopefully more people will. And I think an awareness of what wellness is, mm -hmm. of, of how we should see things, mm -hmm. uh, of how we should see balance in our lives, mm -hmm. on how we should see self-care mm -hmm. and define it for ourselves, and certainly how we should see seeking help in other people. You know, as essential things, right. uh, these will certainly help in turning it into a great opportunity for us you know, to achieve mm -hmm. another kind of resilience. No, Kat, you mentioned resilience, and I'm sick of the word yes. of how we define it. No, I'm also sick that we, it takes an English word to define something very Filipino. Filipino. No, uh -huh. There's no, no, there, there's hardly any Filipino word for it. You know, because it's completely manufactured by mm -hmm. the state. No. Mm -hmm. In a sense, no, mm -hmm. where we should manufacture it for ourselves, no, in the way we deal with ourselves. It, it's so refreshing to talk to you guys, and I just want to thank you. In fact, uh, I, I want to thank you not just for your expertise, but for your generosity, your sheer generosity in sharing these very important insights with the Filipino man, who is, as you know, very obtuse, you know, very dense, um, and sometimes, you know very hard pressed no? there's a lot of pressure on him there's a lot of pressure on him he's a victim as much as he is the oppressor in many ways no although i, I myself okay. speaking as a man i'm not going to excuse myself for all the bad things i've said and done no? but what i'm saying is that i think this has been such an important and necessary uh podcast no um i want to thank you luis villaruel and catrivino and my nation also uh, for being part of this. And I just want to ask you right now to be, to, to, to guest with me again down the future, because, down the line, because I really want to talk about social media as well and its hmm. psychological effects, its effects on the mind. Because I think all the rest has been talked about the effects on society, the effects on culture, the effects on, you know, the capitalistic effects of it, but we haven't really talked about its effects on the Filipino mind. So I want to thank you for that. The Lonely Hearts Podcast is brought to you by Esquire Philippines in partnership with Podcast Network Asia. For more info on their shows in the network, visit podcastnetwork.asia. Also powered by Podmetrics, the only analytics you'll ever need for your podcast. Sign up now for free at podmetrics.co. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.